Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Hello and welcome to Off Field with Hinch and Rossi. <laughs> because this episode the latest is and greatest sports podcast that <laughs> involves balls. We will be <laughs> we will be the Why do you gotta say it like that? Why is it eight, gonna be like that? Eight hundred and sixty-seventh podcast to talk about football this week. And because we're Thursday, we will be, you know, the latest real one life, to talk real about. Life. It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Alex has feelings, thoughts, and opinions on this week's football matches, and he wants to share them. Alex, the floor is yours. First of all, they're not matches, games, James. I mean, they're, they're match they're matchups between two different they're teams. Games. Yes, they are. They're football but games. They don't, they're not called football matches, though. Yes. Whatever. It's, it should be called soccer. hand egg, but whatever. So, James, I'm really disappointed that you didn't watch these two games because I think they were two of the greatest games that happened in in football. And not because necessarily anyone played what? Was one of them the Bengals game? No. No. I mean, that was also a good game. No. Yeah, because I did see that one. I saw the end of that one, and that was good. Okay. So we're talking about the Sunday games. It was the Bucks mm -hmm. and the Rams and then yep. the Bills and the Chiefs. Okay? First of all, before we get to the Bills and the Chiefs, Bucks, Rams, Tom Brady almost did it again. He was down 23 I thought I thought he had that for sure. He, was, he almost did it. Like, he tied it up, <laughs> and the defense couldn't get a stop, and it just it ended. But... You transition after 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 a wild after a wild game. You transition to the Bills Chiefs game, which was always going to be kind of a marquee matchup. So, James, look at what I just sent you on your phone, okay? And that is the score and what happened in the last two minutes of football, okay? To the point where you know Patrick Mahomes put a drive together to put the Chiefs in the lead with a minute left, right? And somehow Josh Allen responds and drives the ball back down the field to go up by a field goal, right? With 13 seconds remaining. And the Allen family is celebrating and crying in the, in the suite and high-fiving and hugging. And they think they've got this on lock. Well, here comes Patrick Mahomes with 13 seconds left. And clearly, I guess that's enough, right? <laughs> Never let your girl tell you otherwise. To drive it down the field... <laughs> Enough to get into field goal range, right? And they tie it up, okay? And yep. here's where things got chaotic. With the current NFL overtime rules, basically, whoever wins the toss has a really good chance of winning the game because if you score a touchdown, it's over, right? Right. And Yes, I, I've been subsequently learning a bit of the overtime okay. rules because I heard of all, all the... So, so people have had a huge issue with this. And they're really upset, and they say, well, the Bills never even got a chance, and, and they should have at least gotten to have the ball. And I'm on the NFL side of this. Why? Really? 
you had the ability to stop them, first of all. And then if you just give the Bills a chance to go back down the field. So what, we're in overtime again? Like it's Isn't just that how they again. do it with college football? College football is different because the 25-yard line comes into play, and I'm not going to get into the details okay. of all that. But I think it's completely fine. Not only did the Bills allow the Chiefs to drive down the field in 13 seconds to tie it up, they then couldn't stop them from getting a touchdown on the subsequent drive. And it's just like, okay, well, yeah, you played well. You did a great job. It was exciting. You did not deserve to win that game. So you think the right team won? I think the right team won. I think the rules are fine. Because if you get a field goal, the other team has a basically a rebuttal. Okay, and if they score a field goal, then it's the next score ties the game. But otherwise, you're just going to keep having if they're just slinging touchdowns like that and making it look that easy. When does it end? Like, I don't. So what? Then it just comes down to who has the ball last in the 15 minutes. Like, then so it's as, just opposed, a, as opposed to coming down to who has the ball first. Well, no, Tim, it's called you have the ability to stop them. I like, know, but I'm saying ball isn't you're, just an offensive. So game. but then so would they. Uh, so would they on the rebuttal, right? If they scored a touchdown, they would have the ability to stop them, and, and then it wouldn't continue. Then that would just be the end of the game. Okay. Because so isn't it the argument I heard? Point. The argument that I heard is that essentially it came down to the coin toss. Well, if okay. it had been if the coin toss had gone the other way, then the Bills what, you very likely could have, have scored a touchdown. I, I don't no, know. I see. I see no. your. I see your point, Alex. It makes a lot of sense. I don't know if I agree with it. I think I like the college rules more. I don't fully understand it as much as you do, so I will definitely defer on that. But so, I've also not seen anybody else making your point. The only other option that I would be okay with as a, as a fan and have been a fan forever is fine. You don't like the current rules, then just continue the game. So it goes into overtime, but take the coin toss out of it. So the Chiefs just scored a field goal. So now the Bills have the ball. You, you, were, you were behind. Okay, you were the team that put yourself in the situation that you had to come from behind and make the decision. I'm going to tie it up or I'm going to try and go for the win and score a touchdown. Okay, that's your decision. But still, you were getting to the score last. Okay, so then the other team should get the ball as is happens through four quarters. And then you you could argue that, yes, the Bills have a small advantage, but they earn that advantage and it doesn't come down to the flip of a coin. But my right. point is it shouldn't go back and forth. The whole point of this rule is that you need to play both ends of football. College ball, people watch it because it's 68 to 60, okay? Right. It's just offense is playing offense. That is not what the NFL is supposed to be about. Some of the best games that have ever happened have been 10 to 7. Is it as exciting? No, still good football. And I don't think you can take away from it. That's a that's a strong argument. It was definitely a good day of football. I thought it was crazy that the, what, the visiting teams all won by three. Oh, weird. I mean, I just think it's more interesting that both number one seeds went home. Like that's wild. And like, the, here's the crazy thing over the last couple of years, since, since Tom Brady's left the Patriots, definitely at least I, I think I speak for a lot of Colts fans where it's like, all right, I can tolerate the guy now. Like I'm okay with him. He's definitely really good. Like I can get over the like hatred from the Peyton Manning era. Oh yeah. I just managed Bill still, Belichick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It still felt pretty good to watch Tom lose. Like, like, I don't know why. Maybe it's because I like the Rams a little so, bit. Like, that is such a stupid thing. Because I know. You know and it's like, I, I, like, as soon as I th said, I was like, oh, good, he lost. I was like, wait, why am I thinking that? He's a really no. good player. No, he seems like a nice dude. It's really, it's really sad for all those people that have that mindset. I don't care. I got <laughs> over it. I don't care about the rival. I'm not talking about you. I'm saying you are never going to see this in sports again. Oh, he's and undoubtedly could, probably the best quarterback to ever play. No, 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 no dude. No, I think it goes beyond quarterbacking at this point. I don't think you're going to see what he's accomplished ever again.
in anything. Yeah, I'd say I that's mean, fair. Lewis Hamilton, you know, you'd put on the same plane, did it with different teams. Okay. Jimmy Johnson, probably. Okay. Michael Jordan, yeah. Mm, still not LeBron. quite there. LeBron, you've got a very, very small handful of individuals. And you're you got like one to two in each top sport that can even be mentioned in the same yeah. conversation. Yes. Yeah. And Tom yeah. is definitely so the top in his Enjoy sport. it, everyone. Like, who cares? <laughs> you know what, man? That was like, honestly, I was not a Michael Schumacher fan. Um, because, you know, it's look, I'll call it, I call it how I see it. I thought he was a dirty driver in the sense that, like, he tried to take out and successfully took out Damon Hill for the championship in 94. He tried and failed to take Jacques Villeneuve out for the championship in 97. The thing he pulled at Monaco in 2006. He's a dirty driver. So are other guys. That's this is not unique to, to Schumacher, but that's why I never cheered for him to win. That being said, I marveled at watching what he did as a driver and the accomplishments. I loved watching history be made every time that guy won another race. Boring as hell race, ruined the sport for a long time. That's not his fault. You know, that's what he's paid to do. We all learned that national anthem. Oh, yeah. Everybody everybody (laughs) knows every note of the German, the Italian national anthem. But but that's just it. I think whether or not you're a fan of Tom Brady, you have to be able to accept the talent and the ability and just the badassery that surrounds that guy. And again, he's the second, he's the second most successful person in his marriage. That's the best part. (laughs) It was crazy. I think he's done. And it's sad. I hope, I hope not. Oh, now, now I was saying it was like, like, Oh, I'm so happy. He loses. Now I hope (laughs) it was an impulsive thing coming from a, from (laughs) a lifetime of being a Colts fan. Tim's like, I hope he he comes back again so we can lose again. (laughs) Dick. (laughs) Also, how crazy is it that, okay. Say he does end now and he doesn't come back. How weird is it that on his last game after that long of a career, he gets his first unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. Is that true? (laughs) <laughs> yeah that was was so and he by the way definitely was hit helmet to helmet he was showing look i'm bleeding on my lip i got hit here and the ref didn't call it so he goes up to the ref showing his bloody lip probably not using the nicest of language to to tell the ref that he missed something and they penalize him for getting for being oh, unsportsmanlike yeah it was total bullshit call yeah that's stupid um i don't know man i i'd hate to see him stop but i would totally understand it's kind of like man is Lewis coming back? Can we talk about how Lewis Hamilton has not publicly said a thing since the last race that of the season? A, that is a great question. I don't know. I don't know. And I, he he's the type of guy that out of principle, because he, you know, I, I don't know how to say this correctly, but he, he likes to have a moral high ground. Okay, and he likes to to try and be very appropriate with his decisions and very conscious with his decisions and how very he makes deliberate, them yeah. deliberate, and all for you know the betterment of everything, right? Yep, the sport, humanity, whatever. Correct. I could very easily see him being like, you know what, I'm making this decision as to 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 hopefully improve the sport and the FIA. Like, take a step back from it and be like. I need to make an example out of myself and how poorly that situation was handled. So like make yourself a martyr. I could see him do it, man. Here's the thing. I think as a, as a, and this is, this is the two sides of the coin. Cause I totally agree with what you just said. That is a very Lewis Hamilton approach. 
and like that's 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 a that's a compliment like that's what yeah. he is a he is a very uh emotionally intelligent human being um and i i think that there is part of him that that does want to do that and 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 would see it that way i think the flip side of it is as a competitor like the best revenge is coming back and winning again right it's and, and so i I, I selfishly i, I, I hope think... that the competitor in him wins that fight because i'd love to see him come back win an eighth, you know, and then, and then drop the mic. I mean, he's got a two-year contract right now. He just signed. Right. And so he'll obviously, they'll let him walk from it now. If that's what he feels like is the right move for him. But what would be even better is to just come back, win the eight, walk away as the greatest. It's still in the middle of a contract. Just like, I just needed to do this to, for me, you know? So, so he'll well, probably, he'll probably make his decision purely based on the, hypothetical performance of what he thinks Mercedes can do. Because if he thinks there's a, a hint that they're going to be behind the eight ball and that Red Bull's going to come out stronger, he ain't coming back. Because oh, man, that's what's, such an interesting point. What's even worse? Yeah. Getting taken away from you like that and then getting waxed and everyone being like, see, told you he was better. Like that's not that's not cool. Well, he obviously listens to this podcast. So right. Lewis, uh, shoot me a text. Let me know what you're thinking. We'll announce if you want to come on, yeah, and make <laughs> your first public statement be here on off track. <laughs> that would be great. Until we get the call from Lewis, we're gonna carry on uh with our guest that we actually have this week. We are joined by Dalton Kellett. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. All right, this feels weird. We have a guest again. It's been a bit. Uh, it has been. It has been. <laughs> Even though Alex and I sort of kind of make, like, we sort of feel like you're just a guest every week. I get that. Because um, you don't really belong here. Uh, but yeah, we have like another guest. 
man, I'm getting I'm getting a death stare from Tim on this one. And we have <laughs> we have video now, well, so people can honestly, see it. I, all right, here's what I was looking at. I was like, I really should have cleaned this counter now that we have video. <laughs> I was like, there's my bagels. I think there's just a mask by the espresso machine. I was literally have- I wasn't listening to what you were saying at all. <laughs> <laughs> you have just you just have bagels just sitting there. That's my breakfast station. Uh, you have a breakfast station? Well, James, well, keep in mind, keep tiny. in mind, keep so, in yeah, mind his apartment machine, is, is the size espresso. of your bedroom. <laughs> yeah. So his his breakfast station doubles as, you know, his probably washer. Well, actually, he doesn't well, have a washer. So it doubles that, as like his dresser. But and but that's why machine. that's why I was I was I was curious as to how a, such a small place has a breakfast state. I mean, most people call it a kitchen, Tim. Okay, and you also kitchen, make lunch and dinner there. My kitchen's tiny. Okay, if I put the coffee machine and stuff in there, I'm not going to have any counter space for any cooking. Sorry, we have Dalton. We should talk about that. <laughs> Hi guys. <laughs> hey Dalton. Dalton Kellett, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome. I'm sorry, welcome. <laughs> I guess you unfortunate soul uh, to off track with Engine Rossi. Appreciate you joining us, Dalton. Of course, uh, driving for AJ Foyt Racing in the NTT IndyCar Series. Uh, he did last year. He will again this year. Welcome to the show, Dalton. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. And uh, don't start off with bit. a lie. Yeah, don't start off with a lie. You know, oh, you're excited <laughs> to rag on Tim. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That I get. I was gonna say, if you wanna, if you wanna make fun of my poor tiny apartment, feel free. Or did you've seen most of it? (laughs) And his terrible taste in most everything. Coming out, coming out swinging today, aren't we? Yeah. This is is like a like he's just as angry as last week, but just a little more subdued. So I'm I'm not angry. I just got a lot going on. I uh, went for a run yesterday. I put last week's episode on just to Uh, kind of see what this was all about. Yeah. It was, it was it was great to hear your takes on, uh, on content. <laughs> you agree, you agree with most of it, right? The picture thing, a hundred percent. Like serious, serious. Smile, smile. Left, right. Helmet up, down. Like, yeah. oh my god, just get one guy and send and the yeah. pictures in a Dropbox for yeah. God's sake. Then you go to the next station and do the exact same thing. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's tough. It's funny. I actually I got a a message from someone that works for content day or during content day and <laughs> and said that they they appreciated the insight from the driver's perspective on uh, on how that all goes so um, when they enjoyed did they did they like mean that they agreed with it or enjoyed as in it's going to come back to haunt me later uh i think honestly i think a little bit of both i think That's fair. uh That's i think there were certain points that were taken uh and and appreciated and agreed with and there are other things that let's just say you might, I don't know, you might get asked to do some social stuff later. <laughs> I mean, no. It's yeah, I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, Dalton, so I'm going to ask you what everybody asks me. How does someone who grows up somewhere where it's minus 20 Celsius and snowing for a quarter of the year or a third of the year? get into a sport that requires good weather and clean pavement oh it's you know i just had such a hard time with skates as a kid i'd flat feet. <laughs> I couldn't, just couldn't do hockey it just wasn't a thing um, which my mom was not thrilled about because she was a competitive figure skater she was trying real hard for that and it just wasn't it wasn't in the cards um you know kind of got into cars through my dad and he's definitely a big car guy and one of his close friends, Peter Clute, who, uh, if you remember, like Dream Car Garage from back in the day, um, you know, he's he's bought a couple of cars off of Pete, and uh, Pete's kids r- raced carts, were, and we were great friends growing up, and still hang out and all that. And 
I always wanted to do it. I was like, carts look like so much fun. Like I loved ATVs, skidoos, anything motorized as a kid. And I'm sorry, you love what? Skidoos? Is that how you, you guys skidoos? pronounce that? Skidoos, skidoos? yeah. Skidoos, yeah. Like a is, that how that's, why, is that how why, it's pronounced? Why do we just forget the I? <laughs> I don't know how I've always said it. I don't know. I mean, it's a regional dialect. Yeah. And is that it's like, like is, is, is skidoo still like a jet ski or is it a skidoo? No, a skidoo is specifically it's a, a snowmobile. snowmobile. It's an all okay. So it, it maybe that is okay. No, yeah, it's a, it's a skidoo. Is it spelled it's the still, same? It's still it's, it's like still Bombardier Kleenex for for tissues. It's just you know one of the same. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 We're, the issue was more of the pronunciation than the word. <laughs> right. Same product, Tim. S K I dash do. Yeah. Got not it. not C do, ski do. Got it. Yeah. Or skidoo. Skidoo. <laughs> anyway, so just kind of was always into that sort of stuff. And you know, my, my my parents kind of knew that once I got into it, it would probably become like the, the one sort of thing that I was mainly striving for. And they kind of wanted me to do other sports. So, the, you know, I skied and stuff as, as a kid. And finally, they relented. And oh, but you call it skiing? Stop. <laughs> he went skiing. Skin. It's the English language. It's like the, the pronunciation rules are all over the place. Like, um, but anyway, so I was thirteen. When I was 13 <laughs> raced raced in Canada, down in the U.S., a little bit in Europe, and then entered the road to Indy when I graduated from high school and went through that program. And I'm an IndyCar. What what did you race or, or where did you race in Europe? You're, you're doing karting over in Europe? Just a few races, part of the the Rotax Max Euro Challenge back in the day. Uh, Gank or Gank? No, yeah, Gank. And a, 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 there was like a, a some direct drive finals thing we did in in Yeslo in in Italy on that little track, which was super fun. Uh, but it was just just a couple like expo races. Like ninety nine percent of what I did was U.S. and Canada. Uh, Alex, did you do any karting in Europe, or was it all did you didn't go to Europe to race until cars? Um, no, I tried to do as little karting as humanly possible. <laughs> so you've hated it from the beginning, huh? Like you you never really... at any point. Not like really. It. No. Well, then, how did you like? You had to at least like it at the beginning before you knew about other forms, because that's well, how you got into it, right? Right. Here, here's yeah. my point. How do you try karting and think this sucks? Let's do the bigger, more advanced version <laughs> of this. Maybe I'll like it better. Okay, I should back that up. I guess because I was so fortunate to get in a race car at twelve, like that helps. It Fair. it yeah. was like, well, why would I ever do anything but that, right? So yes, for the year and a half that I carded, it was great. But then I still kind of did both carding and cars from twelve to thirteen, and I was like, "This is pretty dumb." Okay, I guess what when you race car, they let you drive at twelve years old. Sorry, James. Skip no. Barber. Oh, really? Oh, wow. yeah. You could be that young. I couldn't yeah. race at Watkins Glen because you had to be sixteen. Uh, okay, that's a New York State law. Apparently. So, Dalton, when you when you got to the Road to Indy program, did you immediately come and move to Indianapolis, or did you kind of commute from Canada, or like, did you go somewhere else? Yeah, so I was, it was first year university. So I was living at in Kingston, Ontario, going to Queens when that's where I did, did uh, engineering and all that. And I was flying back and forth. So I would either take the train or like a little small plane from Kingston to, to, to Pearson and then fly down to wherever the, the, the races were. I, I moved to Indy right after I graduated from, from college. So you're one of the few IndyCar drivers. I was going to say, yeah, you, you probably have the college. only two. <laughs> yeah, I think Ed went to Butler. Ed, and... Yeah, Ed had a degree. Oriel has a degree. Oriel. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. Not, I mean, Alex is only kind of counts because he didn't like go to college. He just has a college degree. Still counts. I feel like we've had this conversation a lot, and he definitely went to college. <laughs> like, I, certainly, I certainly did. Just because it wasn't in America, James, doesn't mean it's not college. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I feel. Yeah, okay, fine. Coming I from guess. the foreigner, I feel like you should understand that. I mean, I went to I went to university the same way uh, Dalton did. I just didn't finish i i was right. a quitter and so dalton is a better human being than me and, well, no, no. and alex so are you so no no so here's the thing so i and, and i'm right dalton, here i want you to kind of also went to elaborate college you weren't this. driving at the time tim <laughs> nobody cared everybody everybody could just go to college and get a degree if you're not doing anything else <laughs> so me me going to college was really just doing, i was drinking pretty heavily okay oh. <laughs> was just doing general ed stuff right mm-hmm. dalton actually pursued a like a, a major of sorts and has used it to um create things and i was with him in the gym the other day well, about a month ago and he, dalton is also into space stuff like tim is um and i guess james is i guess i'm the outlier here i'm the weird one that isn't that into space stuff and he was talking to me about how he built a mount for his telescope like not just a mount to set it on like a motorized mount that tracks the stars and planets and it's really thought, impressive. That yeah. was amazing. Because <laughs> that with was... my degree, I could probably, you know, solve for X. But like <laughs> I could can't. film him building that mount. If I if <laughs> I had finished my degree, I could have helped him market and sell it. But I, together we had a little it's good a, business. It's going. a small market, I think. Telescopes <laughs> are a real specific thing. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, yeah so tell us I, about that. Yeah, I, I went to school for engineering physics, which is like mechanical engineering. You take out some of the applied lab stuff and add in like math and phys courses with like phys students. And sorry, let me just jump in. Was was this a conscious decision because of racing? Hmm. Or were you just naturally inclined towards engineering anyway? If you had never sat in a race car, would you still want to do it? Because, you know, engineering is what um, uh, Oriel did. That's what a lot of drivers mm-hmm are sort of told JR. to direct themselves yep. to JR yet yeah, call. You know, I would have done it regardless. That was kind of always my passion okay. and what I really was was into like my and like all my hobbies and stuff. I just love like making stuff and I love knowing how things work like from a young age, right? The, the you know, the, the cliche like taking stuff apart and you know, maybe not always putting it back together successfully type <laughs> stuff like did a ton of that and my you know, my Kaline the, the fifth family business is in manufacturing. My grandpa was a bit of an inventor my dad has went to queens for electrical engineering back in the 80s so definitely like grew up in that sort of an environment um i think i mean realistically if i wanted to do something that was helpful for racing it would have been a business degree over over an engineering degree from a driver's standpoint <laughs> um but Doesn't it's that that's just what i'm into <laughs> i know it's you know, um but and the, i think you know the, the, like what alex talked about i i've you know you since use that degree to you know a i think it's helped me with racing from the technical side of it but I, everyone always asks like how does it you know does the engineering degree help or not and there was kind of a point where it's like it helped then it hurt then it kind of helped so there, I, I really <laughs> why, had to, why did it hurt i think well, especially when i was still in school i was trying you try to, to correct like, the engineers you were trying to engineer like, the car and trying to overthinking it like how do i incorporate like the engineering stuff into racing and like just right work harder or like think harder about something and then and then get better right and it's like it doesn't always work that way you have to you know you, it might be fitness or it might be mental stuff it might you know it might, it's not just technical so i think there, right. there was a point where i just went too far down that that path and had to like pull it back a bit 
Um, but I think now it's like, I, I just can't separate it from like my approach to everything. Um, so it's just kind of who I am, but yeah, it's, 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 it, it's a fun skill set to have. Like I got, I mean, you know, I do lots of DIY stuff. I built that, that star tracker because I didn't, don't have friends that can buy me, buy me one for Christmas. <laughs> but, <laughs> Thanks again, Alex. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it's, it's something that I, that I really enjoy. So most, well, not most, all things that I have learned how to do in my life, um, has been via the internet. Well, YouTube. You, yeah. Can you, can you actually be like, I'm going to, I'm, I have an idea. I want to build this. And can you just then build it without the help of a tutorial on YouTube that takes you step by step? Depending on what it is, like when I was, if, if, if it's within, you know, the skill set of what I kind of already have. So like sure. in school, I was part of the formula student program built and, you know, design and built little race cars. So I could probably, you know, make a small car without too much internet. I mean, I have some <laughs> textbooks that I would like rely upon, but like you could ask me to design something in CAD and I could open up SolidWorks on my computer and draw and design something. So like when, when we were doing the sim racing and lockdown, you, you built some sort of yeah. wheel, right? Yep. Did Out you cardboard. just, did you just do that yourself? Yeah, that, that oh. there, there, there was no like, no, like no Googling. Uh, one of those things where they have the step-by-step -step pictures when you Google like how to do things. Wiki WikiHow. Yeah. There was I no still, WikiHow for how to build your own sim wheel. <laughs> I still do, uh, use that occasionally to tie my tie. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I literally YouTubed how to make eggs last weekend. So I feel like I'm I'm a little bit behind. And how did that work out, James? Well, everybody said it was good, but I definitely overcooked them. It wasn't good. Yeah. The yolks were know, definitely like overcooked. I, I, I thought, I thought the, that whites were Great. Yeah, the like, yolks were yeah. the, I the were idea good. was fantastic. So what was funny about the Star Tracker you built, the barn door thing? Yeah, I, uh, I I've started because of this podcast. I've started to grab uh, like a monthly beer with these two guys at uh, JPL, Doug Allison and Zach Dean. Mm -hmm. And I like calls me on Instagram. I think might have messaged me. Sorry, I didn't. So no, no, no. You're good. You're good. So I was talking to them about. I was like, yeah, you know, Dalton and I started talking about astrophotography stuff. Like he's really good at this stuff as well. And then the next time they had seen the barn door tracker you built, they're like, yeah, we didn't realize you meant that good. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> so, That's got to yeah, be cool yeah. when, when guys from JPL yeah. are, uh, are impressed with your handiwork. <laughs> Um, my, my like next goal, cause that, that, that one really distracts in like the one axis or the one, like the RA or whatever, like yeah. one, one of the, 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 the two angles that you'd be tracking in. Uh, Nick got me a, this little 3d printer for Christmas. Um, so I'd really so cool. like to like make my own equatorial mount. It, it probably, if it's plastic and all that, it would have to be like for a smaller telescope, not like the full imaging rig, but something that can track them both with a camera. Yeah. Uh, can you can you please know, go to James's house and teach him how to use his pancake printer? <laughs> pancake printer. Oh man, I really, Dude. really, really, I would love if that's possible because I made a purchase impulsively on Amazon Drunk. one day. Yeah, maybe maybe there was some alcohol involved, and it's 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 a yeah, it's a pancake printer. It's like a it's like an arm on a track over a grill and then you put in a, you know, a, a thing of, like a of batter. Yeah. And it just goes along and it prints, but the company that made it went bankrupt. Obviously. Oh, no. I wonder right, why. They sold <laughs> one. Because they sold one. Were buying just the <laughs> they started it as a joke. Just the, yeah. 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 Just the one. Uh, so yeah, a lot of the software stuff it needs some it needs some help from someone that knows how stuff works. So yeah, maybe maybe we'll try to. I haven't thrown it out yet. I I ne very nearly threw out my pancake bot, 
but uh, maybe it's still worthwhile because you could do some cool stuff on it. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's still the name of our group chat. <laughs> it, it sure is. Uh, one year, it's help with a with a like a soda vending machine. <laughs> oh, I do need help with that. If anybody knows how to hack a vending machine, that would be tremendous. I'm not trying Literally, to break into one. Dalton would I be the guy I one. would ask. I have one, and I I don't know. I was it was gifted to me, and I don't know how to get it. It it works in that it keeps stuff cold. I just can't get anything out of it. Which is that reminds. That reminds me of a series of thoughts I had, I think probably the first time I went to Marco's house and he has that vending machine in the garage. I was like, man, I wish I had a vending machine in my garage. Man, I wish I had a garage. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted, to, I wanted to talk about the uh, astronomy stuff, not just because I'm super into it as well, but because I wanted oh. to have a larger conversation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wanted to have a larger conversation about like, hobbies that you guys have as drivers and if you think it's if there's anything that's applicable about the hobby you have outside of motorsports that you can apply to your job like alex you know flying james um being canadian i don't know <laughs> wow the beard the beard dancing dancing james is dancing yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's not a lot of things that apply to motorsports well that's what in, I was in the hobby curious. realm so uh, if there's anything that applies or if it is purely just to be like, here's something that I need in my life that's completely separate. I think, you yeah, I think that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think disconnecting hobbies that kind of separate you from it are probably pretty healthy. That's always mm -hmm. kind of the path I went down. But as, as cool as all that is, this is still somewhat in some respects, a racing podcast. So Dalton, let's talk about, well, let's talk about 2021 first. Uh, how did your because that was your second season with AJ Foy, right? Yep. So yeah. how uh, how was season number two? What was different from season number one? And what are we anticipating and looking forward to in season number three? Yeah, it's been an interesting um, progression, right? Because the first year was already going to be weird because it was like me, TK, and Seb sharing sharing the car, and then COVID happened, and then it just got even weirder. Um, you know, first five hundred without fans and all that, and in August. Um, so the, the second, and I think I did seven or eight races that year, like the, the second year full first full-time year, um, was obviously way smoother than 2020. We still had our fair share of ups and downs, had some, some highlights, had some good races, uh, but definitely a steep learning curve and lots of stuff to get up to speed with. So I think the, you know, the goal for 22 really is, is consistency from, you know, a car and driver standpoint, just, you know, those, we had some issues that took, you know, took us out of some races last year that were sort of out of our control that we've, we've moved some stuff around to kind of prevent that from happening, which should be good. Um, and then from my end, really, it's, you know, kind of starting the year where I felt we ended ended off on a good tra trajectory with the last, you know, five or six races sort of starting at that point and, really just up in consistency and kind of qualifying performance, I think has really been the Achilles heel, like race pace we've sort of been okay, but track position is so hard. And if you're starting towards the back after your first pit stop, you're already right. probably getting lapped. And then from there, it's like, you're either trying to be polite and not have everyone hate you, or you're trying to stay on, on that lap. And that's a fine line to walk. You, you stay know? on that lap, Dalton. You stay on that lap. <laughs> <laughs> Which you know, I've 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 gone he down that road now before, that he's off the track, and then I get like, <laughs> and I get like death threats from Renus's fans. So I I don't know. It's a it's a tough one. Yeah, I had a couple Australians uh, mad at me at uh, at one race last year. A big change for for you and essentially the team this year. You know, you don't have that kind of seasoned veteran on the team anymore. Like you say, you're one. You were sort of sharing the car with Bourdais and TK. 
you know, a thousand IndyCar races between them. Uh, last year, obviously having, uh, having Seb as a teammate full time, uh, this year, Kyle Kirkwood's going to be full time in the 14, uh, recently announced Tatiana Calderon was going to be racing, uh, the Roan street tracks in the third entry. So, so now you have, you know, a team that has, has been in a bit of a rebuilding, you know, process and you sort of lost that. You're now the veteran, you're now the team leader. Yeah. <laughs> so how does, you know, how does that feel? And, you know, has that sort of changed your approach at all? So there was a question I got asked seven times on content day. <laughs> Honestly, dude, okay, same. I, so I, I hate my I hate myself now for doing right. that. No, no, Dalton, Dalton, if guy. we could, Dalton, if you could, could you smile and then look to the side and then look to the other side? <laughs> Cross your arms, hold your helmet oh, under man. one arm. No, so the you know, and, and I think, and sort of my response to that was basically like it's a different, it's a totally different situation this year because. Last year, I had Seb, who has you know four champ card championships, countless wins, oodles of experience, and like a known quantity, right? Like for better or worse, he can say, "This is what we need to do," and me as the junior driver and the engineers to a certain extent can like riff off of that a bit. So you kind of have like a decision being made for better or worse. Like there's a decision and a path, um, and I think I like I'm comfortable in 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 advocating for what I want out of the car, but like I'm not gonna the relationship between Kyle and I is not going to be the relationship that seven I had because I'm not going to go and tell Kyle how to drive. I mean, just won, won the lights championship coming in with lots of experience and I had a year and a half under my belt. So it's a different situation. I think it'll be a little more, well, it, it'll certainly be a more communal kind of atmosphere. And I think well, the good thing though, is that with two new drivers coming in, you've got kind of blank slates, right? Like the, something that kind of came up a lot last year with the aero screen that at least with our setups, like we really had a hard time kind of getting the rear comfortable on like turn in for some of the high speed ovals. And with what Seb's like expectations for what the car should be like, he's like, this isn't right. This isn't how it should be. And for as far as we can figure out, we, we can't dial that out with, with what the aero screen has changed. So me coming into it without the preconceived notion, like I didn't have the same level of discomfort that that he had now i haven't had a massive crash in turn two so it's a different you know perspective right um so i think that's a, a difference and it'll be it'll be need to see how that plays out so we we as drivers live in an interesting era in that and like we've all come up in a time where <clears throat> excuse me in a time where you know social media is so prevalent and i love talking to athletes of all kinds about what their take on it is if you see it as a as a positive thing do you enjoy being active on social media do you like the fact that so many people have a voice and can and voice it to you uh well you know just kind of what's your what's your take on being an athlete in in this era and, and kind of having to navigate that world you know i've thought about that a lot and i, I don't i don't know i think it'll take time to see if it's a net positive or negative i think it's, it's it's a very individual question and depending on your experience with it i think it is a positive because you can really engage with fans in a way that we couldn't before and you can you have way more power to build your brand the way you want to and like tell your story so i think those are great things um but there's all there's all there's huge downsides to it too because as you pointed out everyone has an opinion and, and, and has a voice and it's like there's, you know, like what we saw with, with Nick at the with like Latifi at the end of the F1 championship. It's like you have the ability to like reach out and message athletes and people that you would look up to. And you're using that to like troll them and send threats and be just bad 
human being. And just like, so that, that side of it, I don't really like, I think in my first year, um, that was something I had to really like learn how to adjust to because in lights, no one really cares. And then you get to IndyCar and it's like, people have super strong opinions one way or right. the other. So that was an adjustment process. So, um, I, I would say I, I'm, I'm positive on it, but I think there's, there's stuff that I wish was, was better. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's spot on. I think, do you, do you enjoy generating content? Do you like kind of being in front of your own camera, so to speak in that sense? Big, big TikTok guy. Yeah. So <laughs> I, you know, that I do. And like, I like, for, for me, it's like, I see them as all different things, right? Like it, like Instagram is kind of a curated, like your feed and like a more planned experience as far as what you're putting out for content, like more, like editorial or like marquee videos and all that. And then for me, Twitter is just like off the cuff. Like I'll just think something and then, you know, du- double check in my head, should I tweet this? And then if it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tweet it. um, and then, you know, TikTok is something that I've been kind of dabbling with and I've, I, I really want to like, I think there's, there's definitely opportunity there. Like I, I want to do, once we get closer to the season, I'm planning on doing like, I want to do like a short weekly, like behind the scenes sort of TikTok thing where, stuff like how do you start an indie car and have like you know a clip of the thing being plugged in switch being turned on like the chevy guy plugging in whatever like back back like office behind the scenes stuff that people don't always yeah. see and it could be like super short di- like digestible so i think there's that that's something i kind of want to play with um but it's also like it can be hard on race weekends because you're focused on first off driving and then team and sponsor commitments and then social media. So it's just more on your plate as well. It's exhausting. Yeah, it can be. Well, tell everybody what your social handles are and everything so they can follow along. Yeah, you can find me. It's pretty much at Dalton Kellett on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I have a YouTube channel, Dalton Kellett, uh, D- uh, Dalton Kellett on TikTok and DaltonKellett.com for schedule and merch. I can't believe he built a telescope mount. It's from really nothing. Cool. And he built a cardboard steering wheel that he used for an iRacing event. I can't believe he calls it a skidoo. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's really all I took out of that interview. (laughs) Look, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't say skidoo. I say, well, I say snowmobile. But skidoo is a very, it's a very popular pronunciation back home that doesn't mean it's right well is it wrong though yes (laughs) all right well anyways alex how was your weekend fine okay oh my god (laughs) good good roar recap thank you (laughs) so what i want i want you to tell the people alex about your roar experience in the sense of how much you got to contribute to the on track program. And I'm not saying this to be a jerk. I think it's it's super fascinating how you can be down there for three days, four four days, and you did a combined total of six laps? Yep. I mean, not counting like out laps. Right, 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 right. Six timed laps. And it's like amazing. That's the challenge of this race when you have four drivers, limited track time, limited practice, a qualifying race now, which in a way for the roar takes some time away from just a normal practice session that would have given you and probably will more time in the car. But it's wild to think you're going into the race weekend with six laps of practice from a three day test. Yeah. But like, that's the roar. The roar is really stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> like I, 
dopey. It, I've it's said not, that for it, years. It's not, it's not Wayne Taylor Racing. Everyone gets boned in, sure. in the roar in so many different ways. Drive time, BOP, um, just being in Daytona for that amount of time. <laughs> um, you know, it's 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 a tough, it's a really tough event, if you can even call it that. Um, but here's the thing. I'm of all places that I'm comfortable driving an accurate DPI car, it is most certainly around the Daytona International Speedway. So it's really not that big of a deal. The six laps I did, they were good. The car felt fantastic. The team's done a really good job. It's amazing what it, what the difference a year makes um, in terms oh, of... Oh, really? Big, well, big development, eh? Not, not really development. I mean, like development, but setup se, development. But more just like they, they know what switches do what. Whereas before, the driver's... Now we're like being able to be creative in certain areas. Before it was just trying to figure out how to get the race car on the track. Yeah, you're kind of um, drinking out of a fire hose last year, having got the car only 100%. 70 days between the Petilama and Daytona. And, yeah. I don't even think it was 70 days. Like it was, it was, it was a seven, wild 71 days. Okay, well there you go. So it was a, it was a wild thing and transition for the team captain NBC, and to now have you <laughs> know my the job entire, now to know this stuff <laughs> to have the entire like repertoire. Uh, information from a year of, of using the car on the track it's it's been a lot better um we talked a little bit last week i think about how you know they're imposing a minimum tire pressure regulation that was pretty drama free i think so i don't think that that's going to play a huge role in the race obviously you know if someone makes a mistake that did, could did potentially it, be a penalty did it affect like, did you guys have to do like dramatic things to make sure that it wasn't anything that came into play, or was it fairly transparent because was, you weren't the people messing around in the first place? It was surprisingly transparent. You know, I okay. think we went in with some 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 concerns. Um, I think you know, there's still some underlying concerns about you know, 24 hours, a lot of temperature changes, a lot of a lot of different changes. And how that could potentially catch us out in terms of car performance, I think we're we're fairly confident. Um, so that was a positive. I think, as always in sports car racing, there's a continual political battle between manufacturers and the series for balance of performance. We'll have to wait and see how that all works out. Um, but with that being said, you know, Ricky and Philippe did an amazing job in in the qualifying race, and and we start on on pole. Yeah. So that so, means yeah, nothing. One. Yeah, that means nothing for a 24-hour race, quite frankly. <laughs> um, but yes, it's... It it really means nothing when you look at the fact that this is, again, here, Captain NBC coming out again. So thank you to the statistics team at NBC for all this wonderful information. Actually, no, this one I figured out on my own. It's hilarious to me that in the two years that they've done the Motul 100 qualifying race to set the grid, the car that qualified first on time was sent to the back... And then still won. Oh no, you qualified second. You qualified second. Sorry, the car that Maybe started you last. Used those NBC guys. Yeah, I guess the the car that started last both years ended up winning the qualifying race. So in a one hundred minute race, they went from last to first. So yes, where you qualify in a seven car field for a twenty four hour race is pretty redundant. I mean, at this point, they should just give you more practice time, and you guys can just draw pills. Yeah, and everybody would be better off. It's a really it's it's a it's a weird concept, not a fan. Um, but what was unbelievable about it was with, is it 61 cars, Mr. NBC? 61 it cars, is. not a single yellow, which was... That's a great point. Mind-boggling. 
Like Despite we all expected there to be three or yeah. four laps. Every three or four laps would be a yellow, all a IndyCar Nashville, and there was not a single yellow. So <laughs> that's a great point. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was that. Is that just a function of people knowing that this isn't the real race and trying to take care of stuff and play a little nicer than maybe they will next week? I mean, people are still pretty dumb. Well, yeah, there was a there was a spin. There's a contact for first place on the last lap that, yeah, uh, yeah spun um, one car out, but he so kept going, obviously. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I still want to say it's going to be pretty, pretty yellow heavy. But like, based on that, maybe, maybe not. So that that could be a good thing. We've definitely had that in IndyCar races where like practices were littered with cautions. And we're like, man, this race is going to be a disaster. And then the race goes full green. So, yeah, you never know. Um yeah. The, the increase in traffic, this is something that I'm super fascinated about and we're definitely going to talk a lot about throughout the race. Did you, in your six laps, I guess it's kind of tough during practice conditions because not everybody's out there at the same time, but was it a noticeable difference even for you or did Ricky or Philippe say anything about it in the, in the qualifying race? No, and, and even, even kind of watching the qualifying race and you know we, we have the onboard, you know, constantly streaming so you can kind of watch from from ricky's eyes um it didn't it doesn't look that different like i would say that the amount of cars isn't the problem it's the fact that now the gt the g we miss gtlms okay so those cars that you're so used to being at a certain level of performance are now quite slow and the closing rates, because of that, are just monumental for most of the cars. Right. Whereas before, right. you know, you'd have, you'd, there'd be step downs. Now it's like from a P3 car half to the a field. GTD it's car. Like, it's like 35 GT cars. Right. So like the closing quite rate literally is, half the field is the slowest. Yeah. Correct. It's, it's monumental. And that can catch you out. So I think that that was the big takeaway I had from it was like quite a few times, even being conservative in practice like i was put in some pretty gnarly situations um just because people i think from their side as well they're not used to necessarily the closing rate because you've got yeah. these pro drivers that are used to being able to take a certain line because they can break at a certain point and all this stuff and now all that's taken away from them yeah and so they're not used to looking out for us in these certain parts of tracks where actually sometimes maybe the gentleman drivers are so it's right. actually the pros in the GTD cars are becoming the bigger issue more of a than problem your, yeah. than your amateur guys, which is right. weird. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, the GTLM guys are getting used to ABS brakes too and things like that. Did you ever come up on a, on a car that was a GTLM car last year and like forget for a second that it was going to break a lot earlier and not quite be as well, fast? No, so so that's the crazy thing. Like all the GT cars can outbreak us because of the ABS um, for the most part. Really? So, not into like turn one, but like, yeah, yeah. Turn, turn three, turn five, turn six. Yeah, 100%. Um, so, the, the, but the weirdest thing was it used to be a GTLM car got better drive out of the corner than us because their systems and traction control is better. And plus their tire was, was much, right. much softer. Um, and a couple of times I almost drove into the back of the Corvette because you're used to it just pulling you off the corner. Right. And it was not. Um, <laughs> was like, oh, shit. So that that was um, that was a little bit weird, but you know you know how it is, James. A couple laps, you get used to it. It all you figure all it out. Yeah. Six, give or take. Hopefully, well, no more least, than that. Uh, at least it'll be cold and rainy. Nope. I don't think it'll be rainy. It'll just Thursday be cold. and Friday. It's rainy, right? Well, fortunately, that has nothing to do yeah. with the race. Fair enough. Yeah. 
And given your practice record, you probably won't be doing much of that either. So you should stay dry. <laughs> well, there's a roof, so I'm good either way. <laughs> I, I meant like, you know, sitting on, you know what I mean. Jerk. The worst part, uh, the worst part was for three different sessions, I went to the effort of putting a suit on. <laughs> and it was just like, I'm not going to drive, am I? And the engineer kind of just would chuckle. Nah. Probably, probably not. Sick, sick. One uh, one last thing before we go, I just want to throw a shout out to our good dear friend Robbie Wickens, who got back into a professionally sanctioned motorsports event at the Roar, driving his Hyundai for Brian Hurd Autosport in the IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge test sessions, uh, driving a hand control car with his teammate Mark Wilkins, fellow Canadian. Uh, just awesome! It's just so incredibly cool. And he's having um, a kid. And he's, yeah, he's super having a kid. <laughs> uh, and yeah, he's he's had a whirlwind week, that's for sure. And uh, I'm so excited. I know so many people are very excited to see you know him back in a race situation for the first time. I know he's thrilled about it. So I, I can't wait. I, mean, I changed my flights to go down earlier to make sure I'd be there to see it. And uh, definitely tune in, pay attention on Peacock. We're going to be covering that. Uh, the entire 24-hour race will be shown on Peacock. There are segments... On NBC, there are segments on USA Network. Uh, so, you know, check your listings for that. But the whole thing will be streamed on Peacock as well. And we wish Alex and the number 10 Konica Minolta Wayne Taylor Racing Acura DPI all the best. I believe it's pronounced DPI. It's DPI. Should <laughs> be fine, guys, until it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, have fun, bud. And uh, we will see everybody in a week. Thanks so much for listening to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Keep in contact with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at AskOffTrack. Or you can follow us individually. We're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Thim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham. We really need to get that changed to at producer Thim. The music you heard today is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is produced by Tim Durham. And by that I mean fit. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10 piece with nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.